When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again. Welcome to Big Chris Live. My guest tonight is Clifford Myers. Just a quick thank you to our friends at DeanBlundell.com, our podcast network host. You can subscribe to us, Big Chris Live. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the usual places. Uh, Excited for tonight's guest. Excited to reconnect. We had a quick chat before, but I wanted to save all the juice for for on the air. Uh, Clifford Myers, great great to have you back on, man. Great to see your face. Dude, I, just even watching your intro was bringing me so much joy. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like he's going to drop a baby. He's talking about Justin Trudeau's dick. He's just living life right now. Look at Big Crisco. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that honestly brought me genuine joy. That was good. And it's obviously great to see you, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. So the reason I, I reached out to you is because I saw you were like back into comedy. You had this big like diatribe, like I'm back and I'm feeling the juice again. And like, yeah, man. Like, it, it's so weird, you know? Like, I think uh, one of the things I always do whenever there's a big kerfuffle about anything is I keep my mouth shut. You know, I'm never one to share my opinion on shit going on or whatever. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I think I got to take care of my own and go figure things out right now, you know? Yeah, so yeah. When, when everything hit, it was a very easy choice for me. I was like, well, my jokes are not worth someone's grandma getting sick. So I'm probably going to stay in the house for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was like a decision that I like, you know, it's so funny because I spent years and years of stand-up comedy. Like, this is technically 12 years for me now. And most of those years, like all my friends would tell you, I'm talking about quitting stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when the world quits it for me, I'm like, well, I didn't want that. you know in a second it's the reverse psychology man the universe is playing reverse psychology games on you yeah like you know what if this is how fate's playing could have just sent a message didn't have to involve everyone yeah you know what i mean yeah it's honestly so like for me i was like uh you know just putting my creativity and my skills into other things into working at my day job to being a good dad and just uh you know staying sane through a really weird and tumultuous time as you know everyone's just trying to navigate getting by right yeah yeah and uh you know i was going through a heap at that time too because i went through a divorce right at the like the nose of the pandemic oh really yeah right like right before it happened so like the whole world was fucked at that point like you were like yeah what's another fucking thing take a number covid you know get in line for my problems (laughs) it kind of blew my mind because like i actually married my first girlfriend yeah right And, and so like and I used to like, I tell her, I was like so head over heels in love. Like, even I actually, me and her both were on a podcast with Ian Blundell years ago. Like, really? I used yeah. to talk to her on the radio and on right, his right, podcast right. and stuff, you know? So, like, she's in my life for a long time. And uh, I used to say the only way that we would ever split up would be for the world to end. And that's literally what happened. Like, I was <laughs> like, oh my God, I brought on an apocalypse. I always knew I had the gift, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, no, it, it was just like this real like eye-opening thing where like I've experienced a lot of loss in life, but like, you know, through death, but not mm-hmm. through like divorces of different kind of grief. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new, uh, it's a new animal to wrestle. Yeah. You know, where you like, you still see the person and you, you both change and they say the person you divorce is not the person you marry. Right. And that would go true for both sides. But you have a kid together. So like, yeah, you're not like, you're not free and clear, right? Like you, you're, you have to see her all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though? Like I talk about this on stage. This is the thing why I'm so excited to be back on stage is I'm not pulling back any punches anymore. I'm not hesitating 
anymore. Because we like this. If if you're not coming out of this a little appreciative for the fact that we have time and we have the ability to do things, you know, and like if you're still just like, nah, I'm just gonna stay away from people and blah blah blah. That's a fearful life, and I really don't ship it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, and something I'm noticing: people that are coming out to the clubs, they don't want to be afraid of each other. You know, like everyone's telling you to be afraid of your neighbor, it might get you sick, and all this shit. They don't want to be afraid of each other. They want to do what what we do. They want to get together. They want to socialize. They want to laugh. And for me, I'm like, I'm talking about it all. I'm talking about co-parenting on stage, divorce. I'm talking about death. I literally have a joke post-COVID times where I'm shoving my fingers in my mouth. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I'm just like, I think it's really important for any kind of entertainer that's doing like a live medium to just like really be going up with no fear because I think like, we're almost like examples in that regard that we're willing to stand up and keep going. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, on the relationship notes, back let's wheel back for a second there. Sure. Uh, like, was what was the what was the thing that like the straw that broke the camel's back? Was there a moment like this? Are you good in there? It would have been the other way around. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, some iteration of that. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> That's so funny. Did Dude. you just have one of those, too many of those moments where she came around the corner and heard that? Dude, during the pandemic, we had to co-live together. And oh, I, no. I literally wrote a song about using her socks as toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like that. Are you good in there? No. <laughs> There's a lot of backed up pressure there, man. She was letting it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously that was one of the factors. Then obviously you get to did you get too comfortable? Was that it? Um, no, there's, I would say like the main thing really was like, it actually snowballed from a lot of people don't know this, but we were actually homeless. Like, mm. uh, we had a bed bug situation that was like irreparable oh, Yeah, and we got to ditch all our stuff, go out. And then the reno that we were going to go to ended up not being legal. So we couldn't move in. So we were stuck at my in-laws for three months and apparently that's all you need. To ruin everything. Wow, man. <laughs> dude, that's you just gave every every dude looking to get out of a relationship like a uh, 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 like a strategy. You just yeah. gave them like the playbook. Like, here's how you do it, man. Guys are out there like, how do I attract bed bugs to my rental? How do I do that? Well, it's funny because I've been really trying to wrap my, you know. For me, I always look back at my life through the lens of comedy, right? Like, I'm like, okay, that really hurt, but where's the funny in it? Is there funny in it? You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, like it blew my mind that I experienced my first breakup at 33. Wow, that is kind of mind-blowing. But that's no different than me becoming a dad for the first time at 40. I mean, everybody's a late bloomer. Okay, it's a little different. But everyone's a late bloomer in their own lane, if you will, in a different category, right? Chris. Jesus died at 33. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Did he really? Yeah. He died at 33. And I I think when I went through it was a little worse. I'm not being a dick about it. I'm just saying <laughs> he didn't have to co-live with an ex during a pandemic for six months. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that's, that's awkward. So you guys broke up and then had to live together? Yeah, man. We're like doing 50-50 custody in the same house. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, it's weird having your kid in the basement every other weekend. You know, like, no, I'm kidding. no, no, I was gonna say, there's no way it was that harsh. No, like, there's no. like an iron curtain, it's like the division between North and South Korea. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I try to get out, she's like, stay down there. Ah. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it got it got a little petty at times because, like, I remember one time I was sleeping on it. It sounds sad at first, but honestly, it's like I look back on this, I'm like, okay, this is all kind of funny and silly. Like, when we look back, because I thought she was deflating my air mattress on purpose. Oh, no. Because I found an earring by the air mattress. <laughs> but what happened was that I'm actually a guy that should not lie on an air mattress. Because I'm very large. Yeah, I mean, there are certain <laughs> patio, like air mattresses, patio furniture, 
also you know what i mean you, yeah. you, know, you know what kind of patio yeah. furniture if it's not an adirondack chair don't fucking bother right dude that happened to me in bolivia i had like i literally have a joke about that in my act that i'm can't wait to get rid of but like it's uh but yeah that happened like all four legs like bailed on me when i was in bolivia like fucking bambi just splitting <laughs> splitting in half oh what a horrible image really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened at a place called Hot Burger. I went there because I recognized both those words. <laughs> yeah, that I, I'm sold. You yeah, yeah. two of my favorite things. That's great, dude. Whoa, that's a jug, man. Dude, you got to be happy. You're 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 uh, hydrating, right? You're drinking. Yeah, water. big time. Yeah, I've been like lately. I've been crazy hydration. Good man. Like honestly, I'm on that kick. I'm on the water kick. I'm on vitamin D. I'm. Uh, I also tried LSD this year. I'm doing all the things that we're supposed to do, you know? Wow, you're a late bloomer on LSD, too. <laughs> I know. Okay, how old were you when you first did it? Actually, I first did it unintentionally. Really? Uh, spiked. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess somebody dropped some in my drink or something anyways. It was fucking wild. Oh, I was, my God. I must have been 25 or 26. And, oh, and, uh, and I guess, you know, the radio thing, I was hosting some gig or something. Uh, at a bar and uh and and i just i left my drink alone but i just think didn't think anyone's gonna fuck with me and yeah, uh yeah. and yeah and uh because because i'm a fucking 400 pound fucking radio <laughs> donkey. like that's a riot to but all i can think of is that somebody made a mistake or you know what i mean like i but you know whatever <laughs> Someone accidentally roofied you. Yeah, like they were probably aiming for someone else, like my, like Boomer or like one of my co like one of my coworkers or something. You know what I mean? But they they got me instead. Um, but yeah, I ended up going home and like and and the ceiling was coming down like a fucking trap in an Indiana Jones movie. Like ah uh, yeah, clank 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 clank. Um, and I I think I called my mom and she was like, just go to the hospital, Christopher just go to the hospital. It'll be okay. And I was like, okay. So I went to the hospital and they told me, yeah, you're on fucking LSD, man. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't know what was going on. That was the other thing. That would be terrifying to be on LSD and not know what's happening. Yeah. Like all of a sudden the ceiling's coming in, but I knew like, I knew like in my heart of hearts, I'm like, the ceiling isn't really coming in. I'm having some kind yeah. of episode, you know, I thought I was having a mental break to be honest. But... Oh my gosh. See, like, no, I'm like, I like, you know, I literally like booked it off. Like I was booking a vacation, you know, like I had the house clear, I had the day <laughs> planned. Nice. I, I had snacks of grapes and cheese. Like I, like I was like already, um, the thing I guess I wasn't prepared for was like, after I took it, like I did two hits and I, I was like dabbling in streams and stuff before anyways. Yeah. I was just like, I find them, I find them really interesting. And so like, uh, I tried LSD and then I went on my phone in the middle of it. You should really stay away from technology when you're on LSD. Yeah, it's good to do. I, I people say mushrooms and LSD. It's like good to do when you're camping. Yeah, yeah, mm. and like even just like any kind of nature. Like when I was sitting on my back deck, the breeze was incredible. The trees were shimmering, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like I didn't realize when I went on Instagram that it was uh, it was September 11th. And oh, there's no. all the pictures of like the memorials of September 11th. And my like acid brain was like, Oh my God, they did it again. You oh, know, you it happened all over. Yeah, Like I was like, wait. And then I was like, I thought they turned it into one tower. Why would they rebuild two towers? It didn't go well <laughs> the first time. And I'm like, I'm like sitting here, like trying to figure it out. And I legitimately put my phone under my kid's bed and then went outside and sat on the front lawn for four hours. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And were there many neighbors? Like, do you have a lot of people living around you? Or? Yeah, but none of them even <laughs> talk to me. Like, they were just like, "There's clever, like just trying to catch the air, <laughs> <laughs> just swinging, just out there swinging." Oh my! I was literally like, "How's no one talking about breezes?" <laughs> like, this is insane. You know, everybody's talking about vaccine passports. What about the air? blowing yeah. through your fingers i'm like it's blowing my mind and i can't go to twitter and be like hashtag breeze and blow it up yeah you right because <laughs> you put the phone away that's why yeah where are you now clifford are you still in coburg ontario yes i've been calling it coburgatory Co -co coburgatory <laughs> yeah. 
this is where I'm waiting to uh, find out where I go next. You know, like yeah. it's it's been a really weird thing because I was in Hamilton. It was my stomping grounds. I outgrew I always it think of you. I always think yeah. of you in Hamilton. Yeah. And, but I did. I did get to a point where, like, I did personally feel like I outgrew what I could accomplish there and what I wanted for my own life. And so, like, I wanted to go towards something else. And the big thing for me was having this idea in my head of a big and small life where I, you know, sometimes throughout the year I go out and do big things. Like I go on a little tour or perform at theaters or do something fun like that. But then, like, you know, through the winter and stuff, I hunker down and I write and I read and play board games. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, like, I want I in, both. I was in Coburg recently. Uh, oh, you should have dropped by. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, shit, I, you're the only person that I – but I wasn't sure if you were still there, and I had other business. I was there to, at the uh, Coburg Highland Games back in September. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember that. Oh, I, I was supposed to go to that that day, and I think I just – Dude, if I, had, if I was out there playing fucking bagpipes in the sunshine in the field, yeah. and then I saw Clifford Myers, I would have fucking lost my mind. Oh, my God. That means I would have saw you in a kilt? Oh, yeah. I, would, I was all oh, dressed up. Yeah. yeah, I was all dressed up, man. Yeah, I'm, don't ruin this town with your salty balls. Like, <laughs> no, I had the get John. I don't do the ball. I don't do the free ball thing under the kilt. I swear. Um, um, funny story about the kilt though. While we're yeah. on it, uh, so my I have a girlfriend right now. I'm in a like a really healthy relationship. Things are oh, good. We live together. We're having a fun time. I, how, I Cliff quickly. Yeah. How healthy? This healthy? Are you good in there? That somehow healthy. healthier <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice yeah so she's like uh no it's just like it's a good time i call her my little pirate girl you know she's gonna jump on a ship and like loot it with me you know no, so yeah, like a fellow troublemaker spirited person and and Clyde. you got it right yeah. it's, it's definitely my bag and uh so funny about that though is I actually was an MC at her sister's wedding. And this is a really crazy story. So what happened was her sister went to city hall and uh, got married there, but they wanted to have like a traditional church service. So they hired me to pretend to be a priest and do a pretend wedding ceremony. Dude, you were the perfect person to do that too. Like you would commit to that role. And then I would go and be a wedding MC, like normal. Yeah. Right? So like, I couldn't help but be comedian Clifford, you know? there's Because what happened was the the father, who's now the father of my girlfriend, um, he was sitting in the front row and he's got a kilt on, no gitch. Oh, wow. So in the middle of these two people doing their vows, I like interrupted to be like, "Sir, I can full out see your dick." <laughs> like, like, yeah, like in the middle of a like every there are old ladies there that think I'm a legitimate priest. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I was like all dressed up and shit. They're like, "He's a man of God. He's part of the clergy." Yeah, yeah, you know? sir. I can see your penis. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I just like I, I can't help but I'm just staring at it you know that's crazy man i was emceeing a wedding once and and uh, i remember uh, uh like i was emceeing the reception obviously and, and the the priest or the the pastor or whoever who, who did the ceremony uh stopped the ceremony midway and and was like can we get those children in the back to settle down and get them quiet like he was upset that the kid there was a like couple of toddlers or whatever running around making noise they were like interrupting his words you know what i mean he was upset so Anyways, I did sort of, I didn't, I didn't, here's the thing. I was, you know, I didn't get married till I was 38. That's the other thing. Like I was so unaccustomed to weddings, but then they asked me to MC a wedding. I don't, I didn't know that the the minister or the priest or whoever was going to be at the reception. So I started like roasting him at the reception. I didn't know he was sitting right there, but like I, I didn't know because I'd never been to weddings or I'd never yeah, had yeah, one. Yeah. I didn't know that that was customary to invite the pastor or whoever back to That's the reception. Hilarious. So yeah, I'm sitting there fucking ripping into this guy. I don't even remember what I said, but I just remember afterwards everyone being quite shocked. Uh, like I, I can't. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's so funny because I I just remembered that story now as we were talking, but. Dude, it's funny. I actually, like, I have a story I've been telling on stage a lot 
that like of uh time that i pissed off a priest Oh, wow. And it was actually at my grandfather's funeral. One time, Clifford, because uh, if you scroll back into the audio version of this podcast from way, way back, there's a two-part episode with Cliff where <laughs> we getting kicked out of Bible camp. That's a story that's already been told. That was Protestant. So this <laughs> was Catholic. <laughs> right, right, of course. <laughs> I already pissed off enough pastors. It was time to piss off a few priests. Right. Right? Because like, I didn't understand the communion thing. Like, I didn't want to, like, drink. I thought it came with wine. Yeah. And I was, like, leaning in asking him, like, yo, is does this, like, come with wine? Right? And, he, like, kind of, he, like, thought I was like, trying to order or something. Like, he's a sommelier. And I'm just, like, you know, is this a port? You know? So, like, uh, um, and, like, he was being an aggro about the fucking, you know, the wafer, the little Eucharist. Oh, yeah. to take. So you're supposed to like take it and go like this, but like I just like kind of panicked and just went down with my mouth and I legitimately like try to eat it off the priest's hand. And like in the joke, I'm fully <laughs> putting my fingers in my mouth and going for it. And the and I got I got this punchline at the end where I'm just like, you haven't lived until you've tasted a priest on your terms. <laughs> Right. And I do the big act out and all that kind of stuff. But it's yeah. a true story that happened at my grandpa's funeral. That's and wild. I, it's just wild, right? Like a ridiculous situation. <laughs> and I'm just like my entire family behind me, like, what why? Why are you doing that? You know? Yeah. I uh so back to Coburg for a second. So back to my experience in Coburg, because um I, I was gonna ask, have you ever been out to the Knights Inn in Coburg? No. In Coburg, Ontario? No, I haven't uh, traveled that much in my own little. It's out by the highway, and uh, oh no, I actually that parking lot. Okay, yeah. they just changed their name, but uh, that parking lot was where I went on like kind of my like first date post uh, divorce. Dude, I would never go on a first date at the Knights Inn in Coburg. What? The the night, no, the Knights Inn parking lot. You mean the, where there's a little barbecue area and picnic picnic tables and shit? No, you know, the, right by the highway and by the nights in, there's like a parking lot, like an overflow. Oh, like a commuter thing. Like a yeah, commuter. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. One of those, like carpool lots or whatever. Yeah. And, and so, like, I met her there. We went for a nature walk. You know, she was, I met her online. She swiped. I swiped. Ooh, you know. And oh, then, it's such a meet cute 2021. Oh, right. And then we, uh, we were talking for a while. I called her Apocalypse Girl. She called me Quarantine Boy. You know, it was Trey Adorable. Yes. But like, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. We're still friends. She's a wonderful person, right? But like, and it was in that parking lot that we met for like that date. And uh, I remember it was actually her birthday, like just a few days before. So I made her this like quarantine survival kit of her favorite things. Wow. You know, like, gotta be wow. a romantic, man. I'm a Pisces. I'm ripe with yeah. Neptunian you've energy. Always, you've always been a romantic. I know that. You always put all your all into dates, too, and those, you know, like, I'm like, hey, yeah. let's go for lunch. Like, that was <laughs> that was my first date with my now wife. Like, yeah, let's meet for lunch. Like, it was a business yeah. meeting. No, I've, I honestly, as, as far back as I can remember, I was always this way. I was always like a grand romantic. Like, I remember there was this girl that I was obsessed with my basically my entire childhood. We, wow. know, we knew each other since I was four. I was like in love with her until about like grade 10. Wow. You know? Yeah. And uh, she had a birthmark all the way up her arm, over her shoulder, onto her chest. And it was completely purple. She was very unique, you know? And like, she uh, was just someone I got along with really well. And this girl, um, I remember for Valentine's, I got her this thing that said number one love and it's full of cinnamon hearts. There you go. And, and so my big gesture was to go up to her. This was grade two where my teachers were named Mrs. Bird and Mrs. Wren. And a wren is a bird. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I know. So <laughs> and like, I just have to point that out. I don't remember fuck all of it grade two. But anyways, carry on. <laughs> Dude, I have weird fucking memories. But, like, what happened was I dropped this number one love plastic thing on the ground. And all these hearts spilled everywhere. You know? So, it's very poetic. My hearts are spilling everywhere, right? Yeah. And I go down to the ground and just start shoving them in my mouth. 
I didn't know what to do, and I was so embarrassed. So I just started trying to eat all the cinnamon hearts. And then all she remembers is this little boy coming up to her, dropping cinnamon hearts and eating them in front of her. And then be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like that was like my first like grand gesture. You know, it's so funny, Cliff, that I, I feel like this moment shaped you as a human being. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's the moment that changed it all. If we were yeah. to do butterfly effect. Yeah, like like in something about Mary where he got his friggin' wiener caught in the uh, in his, <laughs> like, nothing was ever the same after that. I've never know? heard anyone talk about that as a moment of fate. But yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah. So when I was staying at the Coburg Knights Inn, they had signs on all the doors, right? Okay. Uh where it was like no gutting of fish. <laughs> like, what the fuck and and like apparently there was like guys and coming up on fishing trips and they would gut their fish in the bathtubs and <laughs> yeah and sure enough man like i when i checked into my room all the windows were open like they were airing out the room oh no like, you got the, a fish room yeah what the fuck happened in this room before i got in there and it like, well, to be honest, I think somebody was smoking cigarettes in there because it smelled like it smelled like darts. It smelled like cigarettes when I was in there. So that was probably what it was. Just throwing this out there. There's other things that smell like fish. You see, it's it's the night's in, man. It could be any or all of those things. <laughs> fish, <laughs> cigarettes, all of the above. Coburg way. Dude, yeah. there, there's actually a lot of people don't realize this. But because we're right by Port Hope, there's this big kind of yeah. river fishing scene. And yeah. they get these big ass fish. Yeah. And there's all these people. And like, it's really like this whole community. I have a friend that comes down all the time, never visits me, and always goes into those fish. She's and then you see like, him on Facebook, like with this huge fish, like, hey. Yeah, I caught a fish, but it's like, you could have caught a memory with me. Yeah. So, Motherfuckers. Right? Yeah, <laughs> man, I, that happens all the time where you see a friend in town and you're like, hey, hey. Uh, but yeah, so that was the first, uh, my first impression of uh, the Knights Inn in Coburg. Uh, then later on, so it's the Highland Games. And of course, I'm a new dad. And I'm like, all right, I'm away for the weekend in Coburg. I may be staying at this fucking weird little fucking roadside attraction of a motel. Yeah, but, yeah. But whatever, I'm out and I'm free and I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. I brought a big bag of fucking great weed. I'm nice. going to roll up a dube. I'm going to smoke one out, out front of my room. And I'm just, you know, like I'm, I'm, I got the, my whole night planned out, right? So I start unpacking all my gear and I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm going to pour a drink. I bought this bottle of fucking Jameson's with me and I, or whatever. brought a bottle of rye with me. And then I realized two things. I have no mix. Oh, no. And I've got no lighter. Oh, no. And I'm like, fuck. And then I realize, and then I'm like looking around and I'm like, the night's in is literally out by the highway. It's not near anything. And I look on my phone, like it's like 40 minutes to walk to a corner store. Oh, you don't have a car on you? No, because yeah, my car was in the shop. It was, that's a whole other story for another time. This, oh, okay. this mechanic had my car for like three and a half weeks and he like wasn't returning my phone calls. And anyways, it I got my car. Been 40 minutes. Now you could have walked to a gas station in less than uh, 15 minutes. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But that's what, why I was looking on my phone. Like, you know, you put in walk instead of the car and it tells you yeah, how yeah. long it's going to be. It said 40 minutes. And I'm like, fuck this. So there was a guy who was living in room number one and with purple hair. He kind of looked like uh, like Heath Ledger's The Joker. Oh, perfect. Um, and so uh, he lent me a lighter so I could uh, spark up my cannabis. And uh, and then I decided to skip the dishes uh, with McDonald's, and I ordered five large Diet Cokes just, so I could, <laughs> just for some mix. Just that's so I could take care of business. And, that's uh, hilarious. Yo, yeah. shout out to Ryan. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for burying the comment that Chris and I have been avoiding this entire broadcast. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, you're seeing the comments, right? Yeah. 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 I know. Who the fuck, Victor, what the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah. By the way, uh, for those who are listening via audio uh, post live, um, we get a live chat now and we can see what people are commenting. Victor said, pedophilia is not a sexual orientation. Where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. I don't. I, I was thinking about. I'm like, did Chris or I bring this up? <laughs> I don't think we no. did. 
Um, we're, like, we're not like we're Canadian entertainers, so we'll never get canceled because no one's ever gonna know who we are. Well, that's well, it. Uh, <laughs> I, I tweet some sh- fucking crazy shit on my Twitter all the time, and I, I'm trying to get canceled. Like, I'm trying to end up on CTV. You're begging to get canceled. No, yeah. No, no one gives a shit. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're the goat. Yeah, Ryan. Yes, he is the goat. The world needs a whole lot more of Cliff Myers in it. Do you know Ryan? Yeah, no, I've known Ryan from years back. I don't oh. know where we first met, but like, uh, we actually just reconnected recently on Twitter. He seems like he's been yeah. really positive, really upbeat, and he's doing stuff with Dean and whatnot too, right? Yeah, he's part of the network too, or yeah, he's been awesome. guesting around. And yeah, actually, I got to get Ryan on too. Ryan, you can come guest sometime uh, on my podcast too. We'll, we'll we'll mix it up. But uh, every yeah. day you're hustling. <laughs> Coburg is a lovely town cliff i will say uh, it really is um but my one critique uh outside of the night's in obviously and their fish issue okay. um is uh is the fact that there is no uber there's nope. there's no fucking there's one like one taxi like and it, it may or may not show up that's exactly my fucking story man can you believe like i had performances on the bagpipes that i was i was scheduled to appear at and I, and I couldn't believe that, uh, that they, that they hung me out to dry. Luckily yeah. I, had, I, I hitchhiked and another Piper, uh, saw me like walking down the road and they were like, do you need a lift? And I'm like, yeah, I got a lift down to the Highland games with somebody. But if I didn't, I would have missed all my, all my performances. But that's yeah. actually kind of the Coburg way. The weird thing here is everyone hitchhikes in town. What? There's, there's a ton of in town hitchhiking. And because like, of the taxi thing. Yeah. And a lot of people park on lawns. That's a big thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of town. <laughs> oh, you shot me at Tracy's in Hamilton. Yeah. Like, I used to do so many shows there. You got to, like, when he says shot me, he, I'm assuming he's talking photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He's, yeah he's it wasn't like me. a Tupac sitch. It wasn't like, brah, you're done. You'll never <laughs> work at Tracy's again. <laughs> Tracy's in Hamilton. That's where you and Ryan met. Cool. Yeah, cool. But, cool. yeah, so it's a, it's like a, it's like a community uh, Uber, almost, like. It's like an unspoken rule or a word or something. I've never not been drunk in a bar and not got a ride home from someone. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Like literally like hop in a truck with a guy who's probably shouldn't be driving that truck. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's like 15,000 people who live there though. I mean, like it's, I mean, it's a, you know what though? Like uh, when I think of like people that I like always kind of like respected in comedy and stuff, a lot, a lot of the stuff was like more lifestyle choices. Mm. Like you know, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, Dave Chappelle's the go," and like you know, they love Doug Stanhope. But I like their choices to live not in a comedy city, right? Right. Yeah. To like you know, like uh, Chappelle's in Ohio, and uh, what's his name? I think uh, Brig- Brigsby, Arizona, is where Stanhope is, and it's just like a you know a hippie town or whatever. He just went to live somewhere he wanted to live. Right, yeah. And I like that. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I was like, I don't want to go to Toronto just because that's where I'll get to do more shows. Yeah. I get, mm-hmm. The trade-off for me is I get to, like, have a slower, more enjoyable life here. And that's what I really want because I got a small kid. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So how old is your – it's Henry, right? Yeah, he's turning five in November. Holy fucking five. Wow. And let me guess. Let me guess. I'm going to read your mind right now. It goes so fast. That's what everyone keeps telling me. But I know. Uh, yes and no. You know what I mean? I like. I actually like. Maybe I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian here. I think it goes exactly as fast as it's going. You know? And like you're just. I think you're just so much more aware of time. Mm. Than you were before. Right. You know what I mean? Like before you could sleep until 12. You could binge an entire series. You know? And all that kind of stuff. Now it's just much more, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. And to be honest, that kind of thinking kind of brings us back to our roots. It makes us productive and actually makes us happier. You know, like we're happier when, like, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I like being busy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm a busy guy as well. Um, it's It's getting a little busy, though. Like, again, like I'm busy in that, like, I have a lot of balls in the air with a lot of projects I like to do, whether it's the podcast or I do a morning radio show, but then like playing the bagpipes and then I'm part of the bagpipe society, you know, and I've got like, you know, I've got cool. I've got other things, you know, like I've got 
doing comedy if I can get out to do a show you know like there's there's all these things in the air that are all getting sort of like I'm doing them like kind of half ass like you know just because I'm putting all my my marbles into or all my energy into uh you know being a dad and and I love it it's fine but I can understand why you know you you really got to fight to keep those hobbies or those you know those things up um you, you got to fight to do those because you know I can see why a lot of dads just become a dad and then like you lose them for like 10 years and then they like i've had buddies you know what i mean like obviously in my 20s all my friends were getting married and having kids and and you know i just lose them they'd be gone for like five six seven eight nine yeah. years uh and then they'd re-emerge somewhere like years later and be like oh yeah i remember you man how's it going <laughs> like fuck. Well, you know i actually have a way of looking at this there's a like a theory called like comprehensivism where you do things kind of in boxes right like okay this is this box and then this is this next box right and it's it's more about like if you're moving forward you're moving forward intentionally and it's good for people to have different hobbies and stuff so for example would i rather do a bunch of open mics where there's not really crowds or whatever mm. and just keep hustling like i when i did when i was 23 or do i want to grab another comic that i really get along with and just produce shows with them and just do half me, half them, right? And like, go do that. I, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I can work towards that box. So like starting in uh, December 4th, me and Jeff Elliott are doing this. And Jeff cool. Elliott, uh, you know, Toronto comedian, a pro for a long time. Uh, we're gonna do half me, half him, and they'll have ourselves a good show. And this is gonna be like an outdoor patio show around Wellington okay. in the Quinty West area. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if uh, anyone wants to check out my Instagram, at Clifford Myers, uh, you can uh, see that information in my story. But yeah, like... That's uh, lovely, dude. That's a great place to to put on some shows because it's not only is it a great area, but there's A, in the summer, there's a lot of people that vacation there. And year-round, there's great people that live there who like to go out and do things. And, yeah. and I don't know anyone else who does comedy there. Like, and that's exactly it. I, I was thinking, like, what are my goals in comedy, right? And I, it's not like, uh, do I have a goal to have a Netflix special? Not really. <laughs> Would I like to do one of those Netflix mini specials where you record, like, uh, 20, 30 minutes and, like, you know, one of those things? That'd be really cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, or maybe even do something like that for Crave or something. That'd be a really neat thing. But I, when I think of goals, I'm like, how cool would it be? if every year I could have like a two day mini festival with comedians, musicians, and entertainers, and we all entertain each other. We drink, we be merry, you know, and just like two days of like, I just this like show after show and performers after performers and shit like that. Yeah. And like, you know, pretty open invitation. And I'm like, I would love to create that because I love community. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the thing I get from you, man. And I relate to as well Is it, it, I'm, I'm a community guy too. I like, I like having a, a, you know, being part of it and providing something to that community. I think that's what, Absolutely. Right, that's what the morning radio thing has always given me. I think is it, you know, I get to wake up a city or wake up with a city and, and fill them in on what they need to know that morning. Uh, I never thought of it that way, but there is something really cool about the idea of waking up with a city. Yeah, that's the way I've yeah. always thought of it, and and sort of. I never thought of that. That's a really cool way. Like, I actually like. I'm gonna be thinking about that. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, thanks. That's that's sort of. I don't know. I'm sure someone else has probably said that before. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. the way I've always thought of it. And also, like, you're. Always well, this was my discovery, right? Yeah that's, yeah, that's the beauty of not knowing everything. You get to discover something you haven't heard before, and then just let yourself be blown away by that. You know, yeah. like I'm just like, oh man, I just love that idea. But uh, yeah, and then the other thing too is you're always kind of like running for mayor in town. Like, you know, I've got to go and host this charity or I'm part of this fundraising committee or this or that yeah. or whatever. Or I'm, you know, with the pipe band, the local pipe and drum band, Barry Pipes and Drums, and we're kicking off the Santa Claus parade or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, we're always, I'm always part of that city or whatever city I'm in, whether it's Barry or Kingston or Hamilton or wherever I've been, you know, I've always had the thing that I did in the city that people knew me for, right? Um, I'm, I'm the same way, man. Like when I was in Hamilton, I had a lot of things that I was a part of and like, I did a lot of experimentation, a lot of charity stuff, fundraisers. And one of the things I used to do was 
this big charity event, Niagara on the Lake. I did it for years and years with uh, Joe Pilateri. And we would do, uh, I had this ongoing thing with the mayor of Niagara on the Lake. And every year people were excited to see me kind of roast him. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like I was like, was it like his name was Pat Dart, right? And I'm like, uh, what do you call it when someone's blowing the mayor, smoking a dart? <laughs> right? Like, you know, shit, I mean, dropping jokes like that, right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and people loved it. And because the first time he saw me, he was kind of tipsy and he ran up to the stage to hug me, but he was below and I was above. So his head went right into my crotch. And then I was like, wow, welcome to Niagara on the Lake. No wonder why you people stay here. It's so welcoming. Yes. I right, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, and it was a hit ever since. And I always loved, you know, being able to be a part of that. Yeah. That, and so like, uh, I want to go back to my roots a bit and be like, I want to do that again. But now it's like, think bigger though. You know, I'm like, what, yeah. what could we really do? And I'm like, yeah, I want something that's overnight. Like an all night, like a camp out thing, like yeah, uh, like a camp out, like, like a, yeah. Boots and Hearts Country Music Festival, or where people come and camp all weekend and catch Toby Keith or whoever the fuck. Well, yeah, but like I'm thinking more so like, uh, like I'd be focusing a lot on like independent comedians, independent musicians, and independent sellers. Yeah. So like entrepreneurs, like I always love the idea of like you know in Harry Potter, like Diagon Alley. Yep. Like having like a Diagon Alley of merchant stores, uh, yeah. you know, glass blowing and that kind of stuff, like live glass blowing. Live uh, bong making, please. Yeah, please yeah, make it so. Totally. Well, they do pipes. <laughs> I know I've seen yeah. pipes live. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, like that kind of shit though, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I would love to do something like that. Like, I think it's just about getting correct permits. Yeah. You know, like I, oh, it's you got you got to know how to navigate the paperwork end of things for sure. Yeah, and like getting the right area where people are going to be responsible. Like we're hearing stories of like what happened with Travis Scott, absolutely horrible. Dude, that's fucking crazy. What a horrible. Like I, so I was driving back from Ottawa, elated from the fact that I got to do comedy again, and they didn't have the plexiglass in front of me where you see three reflections of yourself. You didn't have the plexiglass? Not in Ottawa. They took nice. it down right before. Nice. So I got to, I was free. Reopening, bitches. Yeah. Oh, it was 130 people. I was spitting in the air. Like, I was like, yes, <laughs> we're alive. You know, like, I was just eating it up. Moisture and, droplets for everyone. Dude. But I'm driving, I'm driving home and my, my girlfriend, she's telling me, she's like, yeah, like she tells me about the Travis Scott thing. I start crying on the spot when I hear there was a kid. Yeah. You, you know, like I just like, I've been, I grew up on punk. I grew up on metal. We yeah. know how to pick someone up from a mosh pit. Like it's like, uh, and uh, we've seen so many things like fire festival and shit like that, where mm -hmm. what happens in a large event when people aren't responsible. And I just can't believe the irresponsibility. I can't believe the lack of accountability that he's even like shown publicly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really, it's gnarly, isn't it? Well, yeah. From, from obviously from the, you know, like Travis Scott and, you know, from the organizational end of things. Yeah. There's no accountability. Yeah. That's so true. And then, but also like, there's no, like the people who are there are also accountable in a way too, like for acting like that. Like, you know, it, yes, it's horrible that the, yeah, the organizers won't won't take take any any blame or take any heat or say anything about it. But but also, it's like you're right. Like I grew up in those same sort of punk and rock scenes, man. Where you know, like yeah, sure, concerts got a little crazy, but they never like they never got like that. And because there was like a code, no. or there was a you know, you're you're all still there at the end of the day to enjoy a show. Yeah, like there there is always a general unwritten rule of don't be an asshole yeah there was just an unwritten rule of don't be an asshole and what here's the thing like yes i believe there's some responsibility on the crowd of course what we have to recognize though is the elements of a perfect store right so like we literally had people coming out of a pandemic people yeah. getting out of all these rules listen when i was in the club the energy was at a higher level everything was resonating just a little higher yeah Right, is it was because people were jittery for it, and so I can't imagine with Travis Scott's energy and that crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, I, you know too. situation, you know, it's just like, and then have the lack of responsibility, the bad layout, the overflow of people, right? Like there's mm. a lot of things organizationally that are just like, I, I don't think you can apologize for really. Yeah. 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 hundred um, percent. Uh, I had another thought too, but it sort of escaped me. I had oh, another add on to that. It's okay, man. It's all right. I, the edibles are just kicking in now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take a chug of that giant thing of water. Oh man. I I've been like some myself. This is my third fill today, man. Yeah. I'm on the three liters a day too. Um, because I was starting to dry out. Um, how long do you sleep before you have to pee for six minutes man i'm a yeah i'm a fucking machine with the piss these days it's crazy but it's not but, right well man are we supposed to pee that much i guess because you're supposed to drink three liters a day really that like the thing is is like i got up at five in the morning and i swear i felt like i was in the bathroom for 10 minutes like peeing mm. i was just like oh i guess i'm losing weight now I got myself losing weight by doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you, there is a way to do that, man. That's the, that's the system that I used to lose the weight is, uh, uh, isogenics. And part of the, the thing is you piss the fat out. Like you, but, but man, you think you're pissing a lot now. Man, it's, I never it's, thought it's, I'd hear the phrase piss the fat out. Yeah. Yeah. You can. And that's, on November 11th, Remembrance Day. Yeah. I, I hope know. you feel that. I remember last remembrance. <laughs> fuck, I know. Last last remembrance day, uh, I had my favorite veteran on the podcast, Kent Stewart, uh, and uh, and we've really unmoneyed in a year. Uh, <laughs> we dissolved, dissolved to fucking piss talk. Uh, yeah, well, last year, yeah. The de-evolution of Big Chris. Yeah, I know, man. I totally unmoneyed, but um, uh, but yeah, with the with, with the water thing, man. Like I was flaking, like. I don't know what the fuck was up, but like, I was like, my eyebrows were flaking my forehead, my scalp, everything was just like, just flake, 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 flake. I was like a human fucking croissant. Oh like, my God. It, it was a passion flaky, man. Dude, uh, I, I hate that you're describing something so gross in such a delicious way. <laughs> like that, like, I'm like, I fucking love passion flakies. you know as do i yeah uh yeah i guess it did that's an underrated that is an underrated snack the passion flaky passion flaky as far as gas station snacks go i guess the passion flaky i'd i'd put it second only to like hot rods or like to uh to meat sticks like pepperoni sticks let me tell you this let's say i had you know you have the night of your life right mystery woman shows up she's smoking a cigarette on a mailbox in her fishnet stockings she's like do you want to feel alive right and all the shit you go through that night the mobsters you fight and the faces you sit on you end down on a curb with a passion flaky in your hand you tell me you're not empowered to be the most alive person on planet earth you're telling me that your ideal reward for going through some kind of fucking crazy movie scenario, like who framed Roger Rabbit, is to sit down on the fucking corners and fucking eat a passion flaky? Yeah, and probably have a song by the faces playing as you slowly zoom out in the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cliff, I think this comes back to, strangely, and stop me if I'm wrong, I think this comes back to you in the second grade, spilling those fucking cinnamon hearts. It really does, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I've always, like, saw life as a bit of a movie, you know? It was a way of me disassociating from my parents' divorce. Like, I, like, I would, it was actually a thing. I would write down the alphabet on a piece of paper, I would make up a movie name, and then I would come up with the entire movie. So I was coming up with 26 movies a day. There's only so many X's. That's right. Crazy, yeah, and you can only make X-ray zebras like seven, eight times before people are like, "I'm not interested in this series anymore." Yeah, yeah. Wow. You can only see through the white stripes. But, yeah. Did, did your parents always <laughs> say like, <laughs> "Don't wait"? Did your parents used to say he's very creative? Yeah. Yeah, my mom said that. Yeah, my mom too. Um, I I used to do very things. creative. I had a little uh, recorder when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could record on a blank cassette and I would hold it up to the radio and I would record Smashing Pumpkins and Our Lady Peace, Clumsy. You know, this is the first time I'm listening to someone singing about drowning and waving their hand 
and I'm like, oh, I'm like feeling dark lyrics in a weird way. And this is like maybe grade five. Right. right. And so like, it sounds weird to say like our lady peace was opening me up to art, but they actually really did. And uh, they were kind of like my hip, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, uh, and I started getting into, it. I would record like clumsy and then I record like 1979 and then I record like uh tub thumper. Right. Oh, Chumbi like, Wumbi. Chumbi. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, Oh, what was that one? That was like, uh, by the Muddy Muddy Boston's oh, uh, impression that I get impression that I get right like that song <laughs> iconic that that song is maybe okay <laughs> I know you're a music guy so like yeah. the impression that I get is one of the most single-handed iconic songs I think ever made next to Sweet Talking Woman by uh, Electric Light Orchestra really yeah I'm gonna I'll die on that hill well, I'm not going to fight you on that because I, I <laughs> you know, I don't have the energy for fights over music <laughs> or fights over vaccines or fights yeah. over politics. I just have lost it. I think the last couple of years have like taken the the wind out of my sails for a good old fashioned debate. Like even yeah. if it's about music or something like that. Fine, man. I'm like, you know what? You do you, man. If you think those are the classics. Yeah. Uh, well you know, we used to have this game when I was performing in Windsor. Me and uh, there's a comedian, Michael Moses. We were oh, on the yeah. yeah, you know Michael Moses. We were on the road together, and uh, he's a great guy. And we were they were playing this game. We call it Spotify game. Mm -hmm. So two people have to prepare a song, and you have like a 15 second snippet off. Oh, and, nice. then, and then the and then the group decides which is the better song. Oh, oh right? okay, yeah, yeah. It immediately became political. Yeah, of course. It immediately became people trying to leverage and people like getting alliances. Michael played everyone and like fucking won the game. That's like it was crazy. it was very big brothery. It was right was on my alley. Say, it sounds like a reality show, yeah, man. <laughs> like I remember like I was uh oh what was it? It was uh it, it tell me what you would have done in this scenario. Okay. I was like, I got them beat. I did uh, Bubba O'Reilly. No, yeah, okay. Right? Iconic. Yeah, The Who, you know? it's one of the all-time greats. It's been on a million TV and movie soundtracks. It's it's one of the most critically acclaimed records yeah, by The I Who. First, I first heard it on Summer of Sam. You know, that mm -hmm. movie, right? Yeah, like, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's where I first heard it, right? And then, oh, what's the name of that song that was the big song by System of a Down? Uh, Ariel's not Ariel. Was it BYOB? No, fuck man. Hang on. I, I'll get, I can Google it. I got the technology here. Hang on a second. I'll tell you when I see it. Chop Suey. Oh, Chop Suey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking drops Chop Suey. And there's something about dropping Chop Suey that makes everyone go, Oh, there's just <laughs> something about it. It just like I was, didn't know the power of Chop Suey until it faced off against Bubba O'Reilly and I was beat out of the water. Wow, really? Yeah. Again, again, see, it's apples and oranges. And that's the thing. I, I think there's just such a. But that's uh, what I'm telling you about. Because I agree. I don't debate politics. I don't yeah. like fucking fighting. I love arguing about things that you don't you can't even really argue about because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But we're just doing it for the sport. Yeah, it's the sport, and I used yeah. to do it. I I used to love the desert island picks and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. And I just I think that like the the whole political discourse of the times has gotten me out of like any sort of debate. I'm like, eh, I want to stay neutral. I just want to back away from this. Well, here's my thing. I'm like, my goal in this situation is to enjoy your company. Yes. Do you have the same goal? Yeah, all the time. And, and if you have the same goal then I think this is going to go well. Well, then I'll say, I'll say this. Baba O'Reilly should have fucking won. How about Thank that? You. That's a... <laughs> you. You put me into, paint me into corner and I'll agree with you. Baba O'Reilly is the fucking classic. It is not down big brother style. Fucking <laughs> Chop suey is not even fucking close to the fucking critical acclaim to the, the classic. It has not been on as many movie soundtracks or television show soundtracks. 
It is, dude. You're gonna see a Chatsui resurgence in the coming years, and you're gonna remember <laughs> this conversation and be like, of all the Notre Dame moments Clifford could have had, would be this Chatsui. Was, this is by far the most useless one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up soon, Cliff. But uh, before we do, um, you know, we played a couple of funny clips here on the on the show tonight. Um, I won't play the fucking relationship goals taking a shit one anymore. Um, <laughs> but this is one that Cliff had said that his his favorite. You can watch this over and over and over again, right? Anytime I'm in a mood, I have to put on this video. Hi, I'm Maddie, recruitment vice president. So, so people say that that's terrifying, and and I can see why. It's the terrifying recruitment video for Delta Pi Texas or Alpha Delta Pi or whatever they are. It sounds like like a devil chant or something. It really does, and it's like all the exact same movements, same tone, same type of girl, same leg width. Like yeah. everything is like it's very like bizarre. They've all been cloned. Yeah, no, it's very much like oh, I'm looking at like. This is like a real life Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. Here, <laughs> here it is again. Hi, I'm Maddie, recruitment vice president. I'm Caitlin, chapter president. I'm Jean Marie, formal recruitment chair. We've been waiting for you all summer, and we're so glad you're finally here. It sounds it sounds like they're talking in tongues. Like it sounds yeah. like <laughs> Whoa, what? What's going on? Ryan's literally right, like Jesus Christ. Like, what was that? Like Yeah, yeah, Ryan, I'm with you, man. I, I can't even believe that like Cliff showed this to me tonight. Okay, I can't can I tell you a horrible thought that I had? I know we're like running out of time, yeah, but fine. like in that last, uh, like I was thinking about when they do the part where they all shake their hands like this. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a sorority girl with like one arm, and they're <laughs> like, "You can't do it in the video because you're missing an arm." Why do you, Why do you just? Why is that? You assume you don't know that for a fact. You're just fantasizing about that. Oh, is that a fantasy? <laughs> Are you, oh, you're making that up in your mind. See, this is why we'll never get canceled. Like I should probably get canceled for that. I guess, but like. <laughs> No, the the, the uh, ass star of the robot is coming after you, man. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I like to think of these scenarios of how these girls' recruitment process works. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some some girls that were not allowed to be in the video or maybe weren't accepted to the sorority. Maybe it's like only if you have all four limbs are you allowed to enter Come the video. On. You know, there's a fat Becky that's holding the camera. <laughs> Becky? It's not even right. Becky with the good hair. Not no. even Becky with the good hair. <laughs> Clifford Myers, I love having you on, man. And I swear we could do this for another hour, probably. You're a great talker and you're a funny dude, man. I'm glad we could reconnect tonight. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. At Clifford Myers on Instagram. Hope to see some people around. Yeah, yeah, catch Clifford everywhere, and I hope the uh, the whole plan for that massive comedy festival comes comes around, man. Namaste. Let's manifest. Let's manifest it. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. See ya.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.